In today's culture, in today's setting, we are often hearing the voices of culture. We're hearing the voices of criticism. We're hearing the voices of condemnation. We're hearing all kinds of different voices which cause us to be deafened or deaf, become deaf to the voice of God. And if you listen to all of these voices, it will deafen you to what God is speaking. You see, God is constantly speaking, but the question for you and I today is, are we listening to the voice of God? We're living in a different culture and a different time than you and I have ever lived in before, as far as any of us, I think, maybe except unless you went through World War II or World War I. Uh, we've never been in a time like this. This generation and our, us as a people have never been in a, in a time that we're in today. And we need to really pray. We need to hear the voice of God. Let me tell you, we need to hear the voice of God. There are many, many voices speaking out in the world, and we're going to be talking a little bit about this, but we need to hear the voice of God. God, what are you saying to the church today. In fact, uh, in Revelation, we find in the first two chapters, or the second and third chapter of Revelation, the Holy Spirit kept saying uh, for us to listen, hear what the Spirit is speaking to the church. Listen to what the Spirit is speaking. And we need to be a generation of people that are really hearing the voice of God. I was talking to a, a minister last night, and as I was talking to him, he said that God had woke him up the night before last, he had heard a message uh, how that the Bible says, be not drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit, and how that uh, uh, the Holy Spirit, he didn't think anything about it, but the Holy Spirit woke him up during the night and says, uh, when he said, be not drunk with wine, he said, the church today is drunk. They're drunk with wine, and they're not filled with the Spirit. They've pushed the Spirit to the side. They push the Spirit under the pew, so to speak, and we need to be listening to what the Spirit is saying to the church. And I say that because we're living in a time, if you've read the news or any of the news, and I don't watch that much news, and, uh, but uh, things are happening to the Christians, to the churches. They're shutting churches down. In California, John Piper, not John Piper, John MacArthur, John MacArthur uh, last week was told that he could not gather at his church anymore. If he did, they would shut his power and water off. Now, I don't know if you ever got the power and water on, but they turned the power and the water off his church so that they could not gather to worship. And then this week, uh, uh, Grace Church, uh, Grace Calvary, I believe it is, uh, went to court in California because... Um, the commissioners told the church they could not have church, that if they would have church, that they would be fined. The first 1,000 people would be fined. And so they took it to court, and the judge ruled in favor of the commissioners and says, if you go to church, even though I agree with the, the amendment of free, freedom of religion, if you go to church, you will be fined for going to church. And so uh, if you saw his thing yesterday, I, I saw it yesterday, they are having church today. Uh, in fact, they, they're in California, so they started, they have three services, 9, 11, and 1. And so I say this 
not to scare you. That's not the reason. I want us to be aware of the voice of God because there are a lot of voices through the media, uh, through the news network. There's a lot of voices that are screaming and yelling, and you and I need to be tuned in to hear, God, what are you saying to us as a church today? What are you saying? We want to respect authority because the Bible teaches respecting authority. But also the Bible teaches about us gathering together to worship God and forsake not the assembling of yourselves together. And so you've got this fine line, God, where's the safety net? Where do I do? And we need to hear what God is speaking to you and to each and every individual church today. Amen? And so I'm going to be sharing about whisper, whisper. You see, we all live in a very problem, problematic world. We all live in a very problematic world. And all of us, all of us, no exception, all of us have problems, whether they be emotional, relational, financial, or spiritual. And you could go on and on and on and talk about problems. Everyone in this building today has problems. And I know that you may look at some people and think, well, they never have a problem in their life. They don't ever have any problems. A lot of times when you see people and they don't have problems, they have problems that are underneath the the surface. They have problems that that no, no one else knows about. They have problems that they choose not to discuss with everybody else. They have problems. And so we live in a very problematic society. And we have the mindset that our problems are the problem. I want that to sink in. We have this kind of mindset that we have that our problems are the problems. But the root of the problem are ears that have been deafened to the voice of God. In today's culture, in today's setting, we are often hearing the voices of culture. We're hearing the voices of criticism. We're hearing the voices of condemnation. We're hearing all kinds of different voices which cause us to be deafened or deaf, become deaf to the voice of God. And if you listen to all of these voices, it will deafen you to what God is speaking. You see, God is constantly speaking, but the question for you and I today is, Are we listening to the voice of God? Speak, Lord, your servant heareth. Speak, Lord, your servant is listening. Learning to discern the voice of God is the solution to our problems and the key to one's identity and one's destiny. If you'll turn with me to 1 Samuel, the third chapter, you'll find in 1 Samuel, the third chapter, starting at verse 1, an encounter where Samuel, for the very first time, hears the voice of God. Now, if you know the story of Samuel, you'll know that Samuel uh, uh, was raised in the temple. And the reason that he was raised in the temple is because his mother, Hannah, 
who was barren, who could not have children, went to the temple and she would pray. She would pray, God, give me a, give me a child, give me a child. And one year she went to the temple and as she was praying, the priest, Eli, thought she was drunk. But she was weeping. She was in so much uh, uh, grief. She was praying to God, God, would you give me a, a child? And if you give me a child, I'll make sure that he is brought back to you and raised to be your, your servant. He will serve you and be your servant. And so God granted the request and gave Hannah a child. And when and when the child was born, Hannah stayed home and took care of the child while her husband went to the temple. But at, the, at a certain age, I think it was, I can't remember if it was three or six or somewhere in there. At a certain age, Hannah brought Samuel to the temple and gave Samuel to Eli to raise in the temple to be a servant of God. And so Samuel was in serving Eli in the temple, serving God through Eli in the temple. And I, I want to read because I want you to hear what he's saying. The boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli. In those days, the word of the Lord was rare. In those days, the word of the Lord was rare. There were not many visions. One night, Eli, whose eyes were becoming so weak that he could barely see, was lying down in his usual place. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying down in the temple of the Lord where the ark of God was. Then the Lord called Samuel. Now listen to that. The Lord called Samuel. Samuel answered, here I am. And he ran to Eli and said, here I am, you called me. But Eli said, I did not call, go back and lie down. So he went and lay down. Again, the Lord called Samuel, and Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, here I am, you called me. My son, Eli said, I did not call, go back and lie down. Now Samuel had, did not yet know the Lord. He was ministering before the Lord. He was in the temple of the Lord. But at this point, Samuel did not know the Lord. The word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. Now think about that. How many of us go to the temple? How many people go to the temple of God, go to the church of God, whatever you want to call it, go to the temple of God, and yet don't know the Lord? Because yet the Lord's voice or the Lord had not yet been revealed to them. The Lord called Samuel a third time, and Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me. Then Eli realized that the Lord was calling the boy. So Eli told Samuel, go lie down, and if he calls you, say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. The Lord came and stood there, calling as at other times, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel said, speak, for your servant is listening. You see, Samuel had not yet learned to discern the voice 
of God. And the amazing thing is, is that one cannot speak or do what one cannot hear. Did you hear what I said? One cannot speak or do what one does not hear. You can't speak the word of God if you don't hear the word of God. You can't live the word of God if you don't hear the word of God. You can't act right if you don't know how to act because you're not hearing the voice of God. And I want us to understand that hearing and learning to discern the voice of God is a process. Eli had been working in the temple. He had been serving under Eli, but yet he had not learned to discern the voice of God. And many today in Christian in the Christian world, they're not, they're, 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 they have not yet learned to discern the voice of God. Listen, and I, I want to emphasize this. It is important. It is I can't stress the importance of this. It is so important that you as an individual are able, be, are, become able to discern the voice of God for yourself. I got a phone call last week. Actually, a text. I got a text last week, and they sent me this video, and they said, Pastor, I'd really like for you to discern if this is of God. Well, that later on that evening, I watched the video. And, and this person was wanting to know, is this the voice of God? Is this what God is speaking? Is this what God is speaking to the church today? And I'm thinking, and I don't want to be ugly, I don't want to be cruel, but you and I have the same Holy Spirit. And you and I together need to discern whether we're hearing what God is speaking. Is this really the voice of God? Now, I'm going to tell you something about the voice of God. The voice of God will always, always, always align with the Scripture. Always. The, the, the voice of God will never deviate from written scripture, from the canon. It will never deviate. Now, that doesn't mean God doesn't speak. God does speak. Sometimes he can speak in an audible voice. God will speak in various ways, and I will talk about that in just a moment. But I want you to understand, when God does speak, it will never deviate from the written word of God. So you need to ask yourself, you need to be, you need to apply yourself. I need to know the word of God because when God does speak, it will never deviate from his written word. And if you know the written word, then when there are prophets or so-called prophets or whoever out there and they're prophesying or sharing you with your words, you will know if it's the word of God or if it's not. Because it will never deviate from this. Now you're awful quiet. <laughs> but that's good. I want you to listen. I want you to listen. You see, God has the ability to speak in many incredible ways. In fact, I believe that God can speak billions of languages. 
I believe that. Because there are billions of people on this earth, and God has a way of speaking to every individual. He speaks through your personality. He speaks through your temperament. God speaks to you in a way that you were created. He created you. He formed you. And he knows how to speak to you as an individual. So I believe that God can speak in billions of languages and has the ability to speak individually to you. Now think for just a moment how God has spoken in the past to different people. For example, there is Noah. God spoke to Noah, but there was a a special sign that God gave Noah, and that was what? Huh? He he gave the description of the ark, but what was after the storm? The rainbow. God promised Noah that he would never destroy the earth by a flood again. God spoke to Noah through a rainbow. We look at Joseph and Daniel. And God spoke to Joseph and Daniel through dreams. Amazing. Amazing dreams that God began to show Daniel and and Joseph. Moses was on the far side of a desert. And on the far side of the desert where there was nothing, God spoke to Moses through a burning bush. Now, this is important to note. Why would God use a burning bush on the far side of the desert where there is nothing and no one? God can speak anywhere, at any place, at any time. He spoke through Moses, to Moses through a burning bush. He spoke to Pharaoh through a display of ten great plagues. God spoke to the children, I mean to the people of Egypt and to Pharaoh. We find that God spoke to Balaam through a donkey. We find for the children of Israel through Eli on Mount Carmel, God spoke through a sacrifice being consumed by fire. Talked about that last week. We see again Nebuchadnezzar, who is a pagan king who doesn't even believe God and worship God, and God speaks to a pagan king through a dream. And then we find there's Belshazzar. Belshazzar, can you imagine waking up in the middle of the night and seeing a disembodied hand, a disembodied hand writing on the wall? And Belshazzar wakes up in his palace and he sees a disembodied hand writing a phrase on the wall. God was speaking to Belshazzar. And Belshazzar was a pagan king. He was not a worshiper of God, but God was speaking to Belshazzar. And then you have the wise men that God spoke to them through a star. And then you have Peter that was sitting on the rooftop and God begins to speak to Peter through visions. And what I want to share is that God has the ability to speak in a billion different ways. And he has the ability to speak to you individually, to us collectively as a body, yes, but to you individually. God has that ability and the power to do so. And God wants you to hear what he's speaking. 
In fact, we find in Hebrews, the first chapter, if you want to turn there, in Hebrews, the first chapter, verse 1, in the past, God spoke to our forefathers through the prophets at many times and in various ways. And we just kind of described some of those ways. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed heir of all things, and through whom he made the universe. You see, the full and final revelation of God was through the person of Jesus Christ. So God is speaking, but are we listening? And why does God seem to whisper today instead of shouting? Why is it? I mean, why doesn't God shout? I, mean, I, I don't know about you, but there are times I'd like for God just to shout. I mean, you want to hear his voice so clearly and so defined, and, and you want to hear him shout. And I'm telling you, God has the ability to shout. So why doesn't he shout like we should? Why did Elijah not see God in the, the wind? Why did he not see God in the earthquake or the fire? But he heard the whisper of God. Why doesn't God shout today like he used to? Because I really believe this. That in order for you to hear a whisper, you got to come close. You got to come close. I can shout this morning and you can hear me very well. But if I really want to be intimate with you, if I really want to get close, I got to get close to your ear. Did you hear what I said? If you did, you hear it because of the microphone. <laughs> did you hear what I said? Do you know what I said to her? Huh? I'll tell you what I said to her. I said, I love you. I love you. That's what I said. Nobody else heard it. But she did. Why? Because I got close. I got close. Do you know that God is saying to you, Tina, I love you. Do you know that God is saying to you, D, D, I love you. Lucian, do you know that God is speaking to you and he's saying to you, Lucian, I love you. And I could go through every one of your names and say that God is saying today, Lisa, He's saying that to you. God is love. And God is saying, I love you. But in order for you to be able to hear that, he wants you to get close to him. He wants you to get so close to him that you can not only hear his voice, you can hear the heartbeat. You can hear the heartbeat of his love for you. You can hear his compassion. You can see the compassion. You can feel the embrace. You can feel the love that he has for you. And God is saying to you today, I'm not shouting. And the reason I'm not shouting is because I want you to 
can get so close that you can feel the embrace and the passion and the compassion and the mercy that I have for you as an individual. So that's why I'm whispering, because I want you to get close. Get close to me. And so God speaks. But most of the time when God speaks, it's in a whisper because he wants you to draw near to him. Listen, if there's ever a time I thought about what was taking place or what is taking place in America, I never thought I would see the days that I'm seeing today. I'll just be honest. I never crossed my mind that I would see the days that I'm seeing. But I'm coming to the place that I really believe that God is getting you and I to a place that even if we have to go underground, that we're going to be able to have church with him. That we're going to have a relationship with him. And that we're going to, I believe we're going to have church. I believe we're going to have, it may be different, but I'm telling you, God is saying, listen, I want you as an individual to be so close to me that no matter what's going on and with the voices that are speaking, the voices that are screaming, I want you to be so close to me that you know my heart and you're hearing what I'm saying to you in the lost and dying world that you're living in. God is speaking. And so I want us to look for just a moment at seven different languages. Let me use that term. Seven different languages. There's many more. But just seven that God is speaking to us today. Number one, I believe is God is speaking through his word. Scripture. On April the 14th, 1775, General Edward Braddock sailed into Georgetown and anchored close to a rock that became known as Braddock's Rock. That rock became known as the Key of Keys. And from that point of reference, that point of reference, everything else was scaled out and measured. In fact, if you go back and study, I believe you'll find that reference Confederate Avenue in Washington, D.C., in fact, if you go there, there is a well. There's kind of a well today with a steel plate on top of it, and 16 feet under the ground, there is Braddock's Rock. And it was from this point of reference, from this stationary point, that all of the measurements began to take pass in the coordinates. The coordinates of, of the city, the layout of the city, began to be laid out from this very rock. Well, you see, today I believe... Scripture to be the key of keys. In 2 Timothy 3, 16, 17, the Bible says that all Scripture is God-breathed. All Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. Why? So that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. We'll come back to that. For every good work. You see, when it comes to faith and truth, God's word is the final authority. You got to hear this. God's word is the final authority. I don't care if there's a prophet out there prophesying and proclaiming. If it deviates from God's word, it is not truth. It's not. 
You've got to know this. You need to know this. God speaks through his written word. All scripture is God-breathed. God's word is truth. And I want to say this in a very loving manner. Tolerance is not to be elevated above truth. Tolerance is not to be elevated above truth. Truth should always be coupled with grace. What is grace? Grace says, I love you. Even when you're unlovable. Grace says, I love you even when you're not following truth. Grace says, I love you. You see, this morning, you may disagree with me, and I'm going to say, it's okay, I still love you. Grace, truth must always be coupled with grace. Love says, I love you, I I love you enough to share with you the truth. When you're wrong, I love you enough to share with you the truth. And even if you disagree with me, I'm going to love you anyway. Isn't that the way God is? I mean, really, God loves me. God loves me when I doubt. God loves me when I live in disobedience. He corrects me. He rebukes me. But he loves me. And that's the amazing thing about love. True grace and love coupled with truth. You see, love says, I love you enough to tell you the truth. And true grace says, I love you even though you disagree with me. And truth should always be coupled with grace. Love says, I love you enough to share the truth. Grace says, I love you no matter what. We find in Hebrews, the fourth chapter, verse 12, for the word of God, talking about God's word, the word of God is living and active. Sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges, now listen to this, it judges the thoughts and attitudes or intents of the heart. We don't just read the word, the word reads us. It reads us. It convicts us. You see, It deals with the things that are going on in our lives that don't line up. I'm telling you, it's amazing. God will reveal to me something I was doing wrong, and I didn't even know I was doing wrong. Have you ever done that? You were just going through life, practicing and doing your thing, and all of a sudden God says, hey, one day you you read a passage of Scripture. You've read it a thousand times. You've read it a hundred times. You've read it many times. And all of a sudden God just kind of bursts out at you and says, oh, by the way, Randy, did you catch that? Did you catch that right there? Did you catch what I just said? I got it, God. You just revealed to me where I'm falling short of your word. You see, Jesus loves me so much that he corrects me. He convicts me. He points me in the right direction. And so I want you to understand, you see, not only do you and I read the word and get it into us, but it reads us. It reads us and knows our thoughts and knows our intents. 
Unless the word of God becomes a part of our lives, we cannot live it out nor speak it in love. The word becomes alive when we actively practice it. You see, Scripture is our check and balance. Hear me. Scripture is our check and balance. So God speaks through the word. Are you listening? Are you listening? They say that every Christian, hear me, every Christian should read through the Bible in a year, every year. I'm doing that. I'm reading through the Bible. We took the challenge last September, and we're reading through the Bible. And you know God has spoken to me, and I've seen things that I haven't seen before because I read it again. I'm at a different time in my life. I'm at a different season in my life. And all of a sudden, God just kind of blurts out to me and says, Hey, Randy, did you catch what I just said? I'm thinking, Wow, how come I've never seen this before? Because it's active. It's ongoing. It reveals. Second of all, God speaks through people. Who are some of the people God has used to speak into your life? Think about that. Who are some of the people God has used to speak into your life? God used a prophet named Nathan to speak to David. You're the one. You're the one. God used Paul to speak to Timothy and to encourage him. God used Elijah to speak to the children of Israel and say, why are you waning? Why are you kind of going in different directions? If God be God, then let's worship him. If Baal be Baal, let's, if Baal be God, let's worship him. He spoke to the children of Israel through Elijah on Mount Carmel. God used Daniel to speak to Nebuchadnezzar, a wicked king. God used Daniel to speak to Belshazzar to interpret the dream or the writing on the wall of Belshazzar. You see, the word of God becomes alive when we not only practice it, but we allow God to speak through people. Whom has God spoke to you through people? We were talking about... uh, Brother and Sister Beasley. And Brother and Sister Beasley, if you don't know them, he's a real dear friend, dear pastor, him and his wife. And they poured into me and my wife when we were young and when we were starting out. And there was a time in my life, and I'm just going to take the, 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 the thing, I'm going to take the mask off, not that mask, but <laughs> the facade off. There was a time in my life I was struggling I was really struggling about where I needed to be, where God wanted me to be. And I was trying to, listen, I was so trying to hear the voice of God. And God was silent for three months. God was silent. I didn't hear one word from God. And I had reached a point that I had to make a decision about what I was going to do. I had reached that point. I've got to let this man know what I'm going to do. And I'm trying to hear from God, and I'm not hearing nothing. Have you been there? Absolutely. You could have been there with your children. You could have been with your job or whatever, but I was there. I heard nothing, nothing, nothing at all. And I remember being at Brother and Sister Beasley's house, and I was very transparent with him, and I could be transparent with him and not be judged. 
And I told him what was going on, and I had the opportunity to leave, and, uh, and, and I was struggling because I wasn't hearing from God. And God spoke through Brother Beasley. Small, simple things, but he spoke through it. It was a God moment. And he looked at me, and he says, Randy, when you don't know what to do, do nothing. So simple. But the more I began to think about it, that was a word from God to a guy that was struggling. Because I was fixing to make a decision, and I haven't heard from God yet. And guess what? My emotions were caught up in it. Man, I thought I was going to. I'm telling you, if I had made the decision based on what I felt, I would have made a wrong decision. Because it felt good. But I took what he said. God spoke to him, through, through, to me, through him. He said, don't do anything until you hear from God. And I constantly went over my mind about that, and I waited. And do you know it was like a week or two after that, God spoke to me in this very clear voice, and he said, stay and minister. And I knew what God was saying. It was a, it was, I'm telling, it was a pivotal point in my life. I heard from God. Had I made the decision based on how I felt or what I saw, it would have been the wrong decision. But I heard from God. And God used a man named Bill Beasley to speak to me. How many people has God put into your life to speak to you? You need to listen. You need to listen and to discern, is this the voice of God? Is this the voice of God that God is using to speak life into me? Because every time God speaks, he speaks life. He doesn't speak death. He speaks life. God speaks through people. Third, God speaks through desires. We must be careful. We all have desires. Now, hear what I'm saying. We all have desires that are sinful and selfish. So why do you say God speaks through desires? These desires that are sinful and selfish must be sanctified by the blood of Jesus Christ through the power of the Holy Spirit. Our desires must be sanctified by the power of God. But notice what the psalmist says in Psalms 37 and 4. Delight yourself in the Lord. Delight yourself Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give. That word give means he will conceive. It means he will birth. God will conceive in you the desires of your heart. God will birth in you the desires of your heart. In other words, sometimes God will give you a passion. God will give you a desire. God will birth in you a desire, and God is speaking. If it's not selfish and if it's not gratifying the sinful nature, God may be speaking through a desire that he has put into your heart. God does. God does. My son wrote a letter this yesterday, I believe it was, and he, he, his God has put into his heart, I mean has put into his heart to plant a church. Do you know how hard it is to plant a church? Do you know how much work it is? But God has given him a passion for that. 
He really believes that God wants him to plant a church. That's not a selfish passion. That is a passion that God has put in him to do. Could be, and I believe it is, God is speaking through our desires. And then fourth, we find that God speaks through pain. Hmm. There's something about pain. You can't ignore pain. You can ignore the Bible. You can ignore the Word of God, but you can't ignore pain. How many has ever been in pain before? Yeah. How many has hurt yourself and you've been, you can't ignore pain. It doesn't just go away. There's a reason that God allows pain to come into our life sometimes, whether it's physical pain, whether it's relational pain, whether it's financial pain, whatever it is, you can't ignore that pain. And God it sometimes will speak through the pain in your life. And it's usually during pain that God speaks the loudest. It's not a whisper. In fact, C.S. Lewis said this, God whispers in pleasure but shouts in pain because he wants you to hear what he's speaking. Just because pain comes into your life doesn't mean that God has ceased speaking to you. It may be that God is trying to get your attention and speak something into your life. Don't ignore the pain. But ask God, Lord, speak for your servant is listening. Doors. Revelation 3, verse 7. When he opens, what, what he opens, no one can shut. And what he shuts, no one can open. You got to understand, sometimes God will speak through open doors and shut doors. And when God shuts a door, that's God speaking. When God opens a door, that is God speaking. Are you discerning? Are you listening? Sometimes we stick our foot in the door that God is trying to shut. Let him shut the door. Pull your foot out. Let him shut the door. Listen to what God is speaking to you. And last of all, or two more, dreams. Dreams. Joel, the second chapter, verse 28, And afterward I will pour out my spirit on all people. All people. He didn't say, I pour out my spirit on, upon the, just the ministry. I pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. And your young men will see visions. Guess what? I'm not old. Because I'm not dreaming dreams yet. But God speaks through dreams. There was a lady that had a dream the other day about Kim. And she called Kim and told her she had this dream and told her what the dream was. I believe that dream was a word from God. I believe that. I believe that dream that she had was a word from God for Kim. And God spoke to Kim through that dream that God had given someone else. Sometimes God uses that. He used it with Joseph. He used it with Daniel. He's used it with many, many other people. God uses dreams. And last, and I want you to hear this, is promptings. The Holy Spirit will prompt you. 
Listen, he created you for what? Good works. Did you hear what I said? God created you for good works. And when the Holy Spirit prompts you to do something, do you know that God is wanting to do a miracle through you or in you? And if you ignore the prompting of the Holy Spirit, I'm telling you, you will miss the miracle or the good work that God is wanting to do through you. That's why you've got to listen to the promptings of the Holy Spirit. And you've got to learn, Lord, I want to know, first of all, that God is not the devil. Let me put it like this. The devil is not going to prompt you to do anything good. He's not. The devil is not going to prompt you to pray for someone. The devil is not going to prompt you to, to speak a word of encouragement over someone. The devil's not going to do that. When the Holy Spirit prompts you, don't ignore the prompting of the Holy Spirit. Because if you do, you'll miss the miracle or the work that God wants to do through you. I admit I've missed it at, at times. But I'm learning. It's a process of learning. And the conclusion is this. Learning to hear God's voice. Derek, if you'll come. Learning to hear God's voice takes discernment. Discernment is a gift of the Holy Spirit that God wants to manifest in and through you. God loves you. Hear me. God loves you. I don't care what you're going through now, the pain, suffering, whatever, whatever the, the problem in your life, God loves you. And God is wanting to speak. I believe that God is wanting to speak to us in a very intimate, personal way. Can God use me to speak to you? Yes. But you see, God wants to speak to you. God wants to get you to get so close to him that he can whisper, Lacey, I love you. And the plans that I have for you are to make you a success, to give you a hope and a future. Three weeks ago, Lacey wasn't feeling that way flesh, were you? She felt abandoned to God. If you want to know the truth, God, where are you at? But God was saying, Lacey, get close to me because I want you to hear my heart. I want you to begin to hear my heart. I want you to get close to me so I can embrace you. I don't want you to be so far back, but I want you to get close to me where I can embrace you. I'm sorry, I got away from the camera. I want you to get close so I can embrace you. I want you to hear what I'm saying. I want you to hear, Lacey, I love you. I want you to hear, Jason, I love you. Eli, God is saying to you, I want you to hear, oh, you've had some damage to your knee, but I love you. And God is wanting you and you and you and you and every one of us to hear that he loves us and for us to get so close to him that he can just whisper in our ear and we feel the heartbeat of him and we can feel the embrace of him where he says, oh, I love you. And I want to give you a hope and I want to give you a future.
God chooses to whisper. He can shout, but he chooses to whisper so you'll draw close. It's just his nature. Yes, God is good. God is powerful. God is great. God is all the things that we can describe. But I believe the fullness of God was seen in his son, Jesus Christ, that God is love. God is love. That speaks to me so loudly. God is love. And because he loves me, he whispers. And he invites me to get so close to him that I can hear what he's speaking. All these other voices, I believe in prophetic words. I do. I believe in prophetic words. But you know something? All these words that I'm hearing don't always line up with the Scripture. And all the words that I'm hearing doesn't always bring comfort. And God is saying to you and to, uh, to me, to you, to all of us, would you draw near to me? Would you draw near so I can whisper in your ear how much I love you? Would you come so close that I can sit on your knee, that you can sit on my knee, and I can embrace you? You know, Jesus said to the disciples, suffer not the little children to come. They came and they sat on his knee, and he blessed them. And God is saying to you, I want you to sit on my knee. I want you to get so close that I can whisper in your ear that you can feel my heartbeat, that you can know my love. That's where I want you today. So I'm challenging you today. Don't be looking for God in the dynamic. Don't look for God in the powerful. He is in the powerful. He is in the dynamic. He can shout. But why don't you still look why don't you start looking for God in the whisper? Because if you'll get close to him, he'll speak. He'll embrace. And he'll love you like you've never been loved. That's the God that I serve today. Would you stand? I challenge you. Let him wrap you in his arms. Let him embrace you today. Let him speak words of life. Even when God convicts me, even when God convicts me, it's not to push me away, but it's to draw me closer. It's to correct me. It's to correct me. I love God so much that he corrects me. Oh, have I missed it? Oh, God, I've missed it so many times. But every time I missed it, God still loved me. And God said, come, Randy. Just get a little closer. I want you to hear my heartbeat. I want you to feel my love. I want you to hear my voice. That's the God that I serve today. Would you bow your head? Father, I pray for this congregation. For those that are listening out in under my voice, God, I pray that you would speak to us today. God, that you would draw us. God, draw us ever into your presence. God, help us to quit looking for the, the great and the mighty and the powerful, Lord. 
God, you're going to do those things. But your people, your people who are called by your name, your people who are called by your name, God, you don't want to shout like that. You want to whisper into their ear. You want to embrace them with your arms. You want to speak life into them. And so, Lord, I pray today that we will begin to discern the way you speak. Yes, you speak through doors, through desires, through all these different languages. You speak through your word. It is the foundation. But God, you want us to hear your voice today. There may be someone here that doesn't know you as their Lord and Savior, Jesus. There may be someone out there that doesn't know you that's hearing this message. And I pray today, God, oh, Lord, that they will just draw nigh to you, God. Draw nigh to you, God. If they will draw nigh to you, you will draw nigh to them. God, you've called them. you pursued them. And as they draw nigh to you, God, you will draw nigh to them in such a way, God, that they will hear your voice in the midst of the chaos. God, I pray, speak to that person today that may not know you. Maybe there's one that's drifted. They've drifted and Lord, they know they've rebelled or they've gone in their selfish ways, but today you want to draw them back. God, you don't want to punish them. God, you don't want judgment to come on them. God, you want to love them. You want to speak life into them. Lord, you want to speak life into them. And you want to give them a hope and a future. Today, God, let that be the day, God, that they come back and sit at your feet. Today, God, I pray it in the name of Jesus. Speak to our hearts today. Let us draw nigh to you because you draw nigh to us today. Speak. Help us to pray that prayer of Samuel. Speak, for your servant is listening. God, speak to us today. I ask it in your name, Jesus. We're going to sing this song. This altar is open. And in fact, can we do something a little different today? Can we all that are able and you're comfortable, can you come to this altar? And let's just find a place because I believe today this is a place of healing. Wayne spoke it. I believe that. I believe that. This is a place of healing. This is a place of peace. This is a place where God wants to speak into your spirit today. And so if you're comfortable, would you come? And would you just kneel before the Lord? I can't heal you, but Jesus can. I can't speak words of life into you, but Jesus can. If God wants to use me, that's fine. But let's pray. Let's just talk to the Lord for just a minute as Derek is leading us in this song of worship. Let's talk to the Lord on a personal level today. Thanks for listening to the St. Mary's Church Podcast. 
If you made a decision to follow Jesus today or have more questions about following Jesus, we have pastors who want to talk with you. Connect with us at stmaryschurch.net or through social media on Facebook or Instagram. We can't wait to hear what Jesus is doing in you.